0: Good morning, family. Welcome to Church at Home. We are grateful that you could join us online from wherever you are. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. i will also like to welcome all our guests, everybody who's joining us for the first time. You are most welcome at People's. When you look on the screen, you'll see Assign sign for a digital welcome card just click that card it will give you an opportunity to fill your details and those details will give us an opportunity to connect with you in person we care for you we love you and we are most you are most welcome and we are happy to have you here with us family i would like you to subscribe to our social media you can see on the screen our YouTube, our Facebook, and our Instagram to connect with us. I'll also encourage everybody to share the link and bless other people outside. As children of God, one of our major responsibilities is to share the love of God. When we share the link, sometimes we share with just the correct people. Only God will direct us. And we thank you for sharing, because with sharing, people are blessed, people are encouraged, and it may also turn the people to the love of God. We thank you for doing that. Before we pray this morning, family, we are going to read a scripture so that we can encourage each other. Our verse for today comes from Romans 5, and verse 5 reads as as follows, this does not disappoint us. For God has poured out His love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. For when we were still helpless, Christ died for the wicked at the time that God chose. It is a difficult thing for someone to die for a righteous person. It may even be that someone might dare to die for a, for a good person. Verse 8 says, But God has shown us how much He loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. By his blood, verse 9, we are now put right with God. How much more then will we be saved by him from God's anger? We were God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. Now we are God's friends. How much more will we be saved by Christ's life? Uh, family, the script that we have read today Just reminds us about God's love for us It encourages us about how God loved us And it is also encouraging us That the confidence that we have in God Will never be put to shame His love was poured into our hearts Through His Holy Spirit We did not end the salvation family. He offered his salvation just on the basis of grace to us. And in the scripture, when we read from the first to the last verse, it is teaching us about God's love and God's God's sacrificing his love through his son, Jesus Christ. We just said uh, on the announcement that as children of God, we need to share the link. Why should we share the link? When we first got saved many years ago, one of the demands and the mandate in salvation was that on a daily basis, we share the word of God. We share with family, we share with friends. The word of God teaches us just to share, to share the seed. We don't know us, our responsibility is to share the seed, this seed, which is the word of God. When, when Christ died on the cross, uh, he was dying so that we can be saved, not us alone, us our families and all the lost people. The first verse, verse five that we read said, "Whilst we were helpless, God, uh, God chose to send His Son. God came after us. He 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 came after us. There was no way that we were going to be reconciled with God." If God didn't send his son, Jesus Christ, to to be born, to live, and to die for our sins. We remember all, and we know as Christians, it is because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead that we are now his children. Why are we God's children? Why did Jesus die? Let's all be reminded today, we were saved Jesus died for us so that just like he reached out to us when we were sinners, when we lived in darkness, when we were helpless, it is our duty today to reach out to the world. In one of the verses, Paul states clearly that after he got saved, he preached the word to the world. Who is our world today? We all know as Christians, our neighbor is the world. My son is the world. My daughter is the world. My mother is the world. My colleague, my par, everyone, my brother, everyone is the world. Let's share. That is why even when we say that, we say let's share the link. Let's pl- plant the seed. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning, God, this day, we thank you. We thank you for the love of Jesus. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Christ uh, to us to love us, to die for us. Thank you, mighty God. We are are grateful for your grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you loved us, you loved everyone. Father, rekindle our love today. Rekindle each and every brother's love and sister to reach out to your children. Father, let's first reach out to one another in this family in love in and in kindness thank you mighty god for putting us together thank you mighty god for loving us we thank you we glorify your name we thank you mighty god in jesus name amen we are going to give over to the worship team they're going to give us a song immediately after the worship team we are going to ask our sister who's having the offering message Our very own Sister Busisuya Makwarela is going to share with us the offering message. Amen.
1: Jesus, you are glorified. You are glorified, O Father. We just want to worship you. We live to worship you. We live to worship you, O Father. Oh, 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 to worship you.
2: People's family, it is a privilege to encourage you this morning as we prepare to give. As I was thinking of what to share with you today, I was reminded of the narration of the incident that happened in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses was invited by God to partner with him in delivering the children of Israel from Egypt. Now, obviously, Moses was scared. This was quite a big mission, and Moses was very scared because that means he would have to come face to face with people he had run away from a few years back. Now, as I was reading in chapter 4 from verse 1, it says, But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, The Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. hand. Verse 5 says, Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the, ground, on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile... Will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. This scripture encouraged me this week, and I'll tell you why. Let's go back to the very important question that God asked Moses. He said, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? And when God asked that question, he knew that something was in Moses' hand. And he said, what is in your hand? He was drawing Moses' attention to what God already knew was in Moses' hand. So many times we expect God to put something big in our hands before we do what he has called us to do. We do not realize that the stuff can become whatever God says it should be. So now for Moses, this shepherd's staff became a snake. But for you, it could be anything. God had put a talent in your hand. God has put time in your hands. God has put money in your hands. God has put a company in your hands. And God says, what is in your hand? Obedience triggers the miracle. That is what I want us to remember today obedience triggers the miracle what is in your hand plus obedience brings about the miracle so today i'm asking you again what is in your hands god calls us to join hands with him in building his church one of the ways is through giving giving towards god's work giving so that there may be food in his temple as his word says so today family let us be encouraged That whatever God wants to use is already in our hands. The miracle is already in our hands. The call is now for obedience. And listen to what God says in verse 12 to Moses. Now go, I will be with you as you speak and instruct you in what to say. Once we choose to obey, we can be sure that God will be with us through our journey and in our giving. I'd like to invite you to pray with me this morning as we release whatever God has put in our hands so that God can use it for what he wants to do. Let us pray. Father, thank you that we get to partner with you. Thank you that we get to join hands with you in what you are doing. Thank you that you have invited us to build your church. Thank you that you've invited us to give towards what you are doing. We pray, O God, that you will remind us that obedience is what triggers the miracle. We ask this in your precious name. Amen.
3: Hello, my name is Angonisa Magorera and I'm going to be your newsreader for today. Game Changers Conference took place on Friday and Saturday and it was on fire. Can't wait for next year's conference. Anyone interested in joining the worship team or wanting to learn to play a musical instrument can send us a WhatsApp message to the number that appears on the screen. And now, let's take a look at what's happening in the life of the church. This coming Tuesday, Reflect, our young adult ministry is relaunching. If you are a young adult, come through to the church on Tuesday at 6pm and refreshments will be provided. Every Tuesday from 5 to 6 a.m., we have Dawn Prayers on WhatsApp. If you would like to start your day with us through prayer, send us a WhatsApp to the number on the screen to be added to our WhatsApp Dawn Prayer group. Every Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m., we have our in-person prayer gathering. There's no need to pre-book. Just come along and everyone is welcome. Designed is currently on pause due to the school holidays but it will resume again on the 15th of October. We can't wait to see designers again soon.
4: Men of Destiny Conference is happening on Saturday, the 23rd of October, 2021, from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Cornerstone Church. Pastor Odo Rashubombella, as the guest speaker, will be encouraging us around the theme, Take Charge, Part the Waters, from Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. See you there.
3: Please remember to pre-book in order to attend our Sunday physical gatherings. You will find the links on events.peopleschurchplk.org. That's events.peopleschurchplk.org.
0: Thank you, Sister Connie, for uh, bringing to us the news about the life of our church in this coming weekend month. Family, I would like you to help me welcome Brother Natala Matebula, our tatani. Natala, for bringing us the word today. Sit down and relax and be blessed in the presence of the Lord. Amen.
4: Well, um, good morning. Um, I'm excited to be sharing the word of God with you. I... I tried coming up with a um, with a title for today's teaching. And honestly, I, I failed dismally. And I I guess um, as we go through you through the message, you'll, you, you'll understand why I, I actually failed. But well, anyway, ultimately I decided to title the message Whose Report? I hope to take you through some scriptures that I believe you are familiar with. If you have been um able to go through your Bible over the years or at some stage in your life. I need to indicate that I'm generally biased when I speak about this specific text or when I read this specific text um, that we're going to go through today. You know, because I tend to draw s- similarities between myself and the person that we'll be looking at today. You see, I came to accept Christ. As as a very young person. And this person also started to rule over the children of Judah at a very young age. You see, King Hezekiah started ruling when he was mere 25 years old. You see, he was responsible for a kingdom at 25. I was responsible for propagating the gospel of the kingdom of God at a young age as well. So you see, that is where I draw our our similarities. And I must indicate that, you know, his life actually inspired me as a believer. Now, church, I would like to invite you to take a journey with me as we go through the life of this young king, Hezekiah, because he did not just have a clear, clean, and smooth sailing as a king. Well, you may be fooled um, by the first account of his life as he's introduced in, in scriptures. He's introduced as a good king who loved the Lord and followed the Lord's dictates. He was honorable indeed before God. Maybe just to give you some perspective, Let us read from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 18. Now the first verse up to the fifth. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi. Well, some versions say Abigail, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. The fifth verse. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. This must be very impressive. Because... The scriptures tell us that before him, there was nobody who trusted in the Lord. And after him, there was nobody who trusted in the Lord the way he did. Now, church, King Hezekiah was doing relatively well. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and refused to serve him. Um, He even subdued the Philistines at some stage. You see, so he was Victorious in battle, he was victorious in war, and also he was rebellious against a king who at some stage would want him to go pray to foreign gods or to gods that are not God. Now you can imagine, you rebel against the king who comes around and conquers your cousin Israel. This king of Assyria had conquered Israel. Okay, today we're not going to be dealing with the the Judah part and the Israel part. But let it suffice for us today to understand that there was the kingdom of Judah and that of Israel. And now the other tribes had actually been conquered by this king of Assyria. You, You see, now Hezekiah understands this. He knows this. But anyway, he goes ahead and he rebels against this. Now, over time, he gets into trouble. Well, we learn in scriptures that Hezekiah survived some additional 10 years after he actually became king. Because when he became king, that is in his fourth year, of ruling king the king of Assyria conquered Israel and it was only in the 14th year of his reign that King Hezekiah was conquered by the king of the Assyrians now you see at this stage, King Hezekiah relents when he realizes that he's losing the battle. Now, he sends Lashish to Sanecherib to apologize for refusing to serve him. And then Sanecherib, the Assyrian king, decides to impose a tax on Judah. Now, my favorite king decides to strip the house of the Lord of all its gold and silver to give to Assyria. Can you imagine that? You strip the temple of God to take the gold and silver to give to the Assyrians. Now now you see, when you do such a thing in your personal life, those that we surrender to will always boast about how they've conquered us and how we gave in to them. Well, it was not only the king of Assyria That boasted. But he even sent his juniors, the Rapshake, that is, um, the Rapshake are those people that are called, he's actually a Rapshake, is a leader of uh, princes. He even sent the Rapshake or the chief of princes to go taunt the children of the Most High God. You have surrendered. So when you surrender to a king, a worldly king, he will indeed send some people to come and taunt you, to come and torment you, to come and make fun of you. Now, let, let us get back to, this, to our main scripture, which is the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. Now, we will read verses 19 to 25. It goes as follows. Now, the rabshake said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he, that is this God, whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I urge you, Give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses, if you are able, on your part, to put riders on them. Now, this is serious taunting. Now, the 26th verse goes this way. Now, you see, this is the taunting from the Assyrians. Now, the children of Judah are now embarrassed because They are being told where to get off, as we say in our language today. Now, in the presence of the king's messenger, that that is, King Hezekiah's messengers, there are people who are around the world. There are people who are there. Now, his servants, the king's messengers say, please speak to your servant in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak to us in Hebrew, in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. You see, they are embarrassed that other people, that is, servants of King Hezekiah, will hear them being sown at. They will hear King Hezekiah being downtrodden or, you know, being humiliated by the people of Assyria. Now, church, with these kinds of insults, Hezekiah's credibility is gone. Remember this. He had already surrendered to the Assyrians and had given them that which belongs to the Lord, and they knew it. He was then a hopeless case. Now, maybe his servants, his messengers, were trying to redeem some kind of honor for their king. Now, I would like to go back to this same Verses, or rather the verses that we just read now. Now, I'll take a verse at a time and ask you a question based on that. Maybe basically to challenge you. In verse 19, the question I would ask you is What or who are you trusting such that you have this kind of confidence that you claim to have? In whom do you trust? Now, the 20th verse. What military skills do you have for the spiritual warfare that we are involved in as believers, such that you can speak the way you do? What skills do you have as a believer? From the 21st verse, who is your reliable friend? Can you trust him or her in times like these? When this friend let you down, who are your allies? That will come to your aid when the chips are at their lowest. Can you trust your friends that they will be there for you at all times? Now, the question based on the 22nd verse is, you have now destroyed your relationship with the Lord by engaging in stuff that you knew is, in, is a sort of unpleasing to him. So who in your new play, who is your new place of refuge as a believer? Church, Hezekiah had given the gold and all the wealth to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. And it was, it was a known thing that that which belongs to the Lord should never be given away to anybody. And he had not given it to the children of Israel or the children of Judah. But in fact, he had given it to the Assyrians. Now, as I read the 23rd verse, I was reminded of this. Now, you see, the Assyrians are saying they will give them 2,000 horses to ride. That is, if Hezekiah can find riders. And as I read through this, I was reminded of Psalm 20, verse 7, um, when King David wrote, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, But we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Church, this is where our trust, this is where our hope and our faith should be. Now, church, at this stage, Hezekiah is finished. He is utterly finished. He has nothing and no one to turn to. And I guess it was, if it was me, desperation would have kicked in. I probably would have scrolled through my phone to see who to contact, who I could call for backup. Uh, In our current days, would I call on uh, America to come bail me out, or would I call on the Russians to come to my aid? Anyway, now still in that kind of a situation, King Hezekiah receives another letter. He's just been been insulted. Now he receives another, another letter from the messengers telling him about the war that was soon coming to him. As we say, at long last, King Hezekiah remembered that there's a better and a safer place to go to with these kinds of things. Now, church, I would like to encourage you read the entire account about the life of Hezekiah, and I'm quite sure you will be encouraged by going through, um, reading his account. Now, as chapter 18 draws to a close, the leader of the princes, that is the Rabshake, continued to spew words that would make any king tremble. He was not just talking gibberish but was telling Hezekiah and his right-hand men of things that they already knew. Look, kings and kingdoms had fallen before the Assyrians. And King Hezekiah knew about these fallen kings. He knew about these fallen kingdoms. So he, together with his people, together with the leaders of Judah, knew what was happening. Well, church, I'm, I'm glad that our Heavenly Father Holds no grudges against us. You see, when he forgives us of our sins, he remembers them no more. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 19, the first verse, we now hear how King Hezekiah comes to his senses again. Remember, he was a good king, started well, Abigail's son. And along the way, in desperation, he gave away the gold. And silver from the church, or rather from the temple. And now he's come back to his senses again. He realizes that he has no other option, and then he returns to God. When he remembered that S- Saneherib had done, he told that we, we read that he actually tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. I'm actually encouraged by this. I'm encouraged by the, by the fact that he doesn't call uh, his military strategists, but he sends the elders, rather the elder of the priests and other people to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. I'm quite fascinated by the fact that he realizes that there is, he is in trouble already, and there is trouble already. Church, I would like you to take a look at some of the texts in Scripture. And quite often, you know, we, we quite often take them as fact. You see, often when we, when we are in trouble and our heads are spinning wildly, we tend to have some crazy thoughts in our heads. And uh, if you read 2 Kings chapter 19, the fourth verse, you realize that King Hezekiah thinks that the insults that were thrown at him and the way the Rabshakeh was speaking about God is correct. I know there are times when we go crazy in our heads and want to believe that, or to believe what unimportant people say to us, the children of a great God. Now, let us cut to the chase. You see, he has sent the, the, the leader of the elders and several other men, his messengers, to, king, to, rather, to the prophet Isaiah. Now, Isaiah the prophet reassures the messengers that the Lord will fight for his people because Senacharib, had blasphemed him. Saneherib had blasphemed not Hezekiah, but the God that Hezekiah believes in, he believes in. That is the living God. Now Saneherib doesn't know that the Lord is explaining something very serious. And now he sends the, the, the rabshake to deliver a letter yet again. To Hezekiah, And this throws he- Hezekiah's head, obviously, into another serious, serious panic. But this time, he remembers that it was all about God, and he does the right thing. That is, Hezekiah does the right thing. He realizes that it was not about him. These insults are not actually directed at him, but these insults are directed at his God, and he does the right thing. Now, we read from the 14th verse. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house. You see, he gets the letter, he reads it. And then Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sanherib, which he has sent to re- reproach the living God. And truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the works of men's hand of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God and you alone are God. Now, let us skip to the 34th verse from the 19th. Now, the Lord responds and he says, I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant, my servant, David's sake. So you see, what the Lord does is never really about you and me. It is always about him. Now, he saves the city. He saves the people of Judah, not because they needed to be saved, but he's saving them for his own sake. Now, church, we need to realize, we need to always remember that whatever it is that we do, it is all about God. It is all about the Lord. Well, for the benefit of those who will not have the opportunity to read this passage of Scripture soon, maybe let me tell you what happens, you know, um, at the end. Now, at the end of it all, Sennacherib was struck down by his own children, his two sons, actually attacked him, and killed him whilst he was still busy worshipping in the temple of his God. Now today, church, I would like to challenge you and ask you to reflect on a few things. I would like you to reflect on this account of uh, King Hezekiah and not just the story, but the account of of the life of Hezekiah because this is not a story, this is not fiction, this is what we believe happened as believers. Now here are a few questions that I want to throw at you. First one. How have you fared in your personal relationship with the Lord that you have professed as your Lord and your Savior? How have you fared How have you lived your life for this, your God? Church, I know, you know, there will be times when things will seem to be going south, you know, seem to be going very bad in your life, and you have no hope, and you feel lost. But when those kinds of things happen, I would like you to go back to the Word of God. I invite you, and I challenge you to go back to the Word of God. Now, I want to take you to a scripture that talks encouragement to me. And I know it speaks encouragement to a lot of people. I have spent time praying with people, and they have said to me, I will believe or I will take the report of the Lord. Now, in Isaiah 53, the first verse, we are challenged... uh, regarding the, the reporting and reports that happen in our lives. We read of a servant in Isaiah 53. Now, this servant was despised by man. The scriptures also tell us that there is no beauty or there was no beauty in him that one could behold. and you know, because he was something that was so unworthy, Isaiah puts it this way. He was compared to a root growing in dry ground, meaning that there was seeming hopelessness in him. But as we know, this specific root, this specific ugly person, this specific man of sorrow, the seed took off and sprouted. And that is why today we speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, still in the book of Isaiah, this servant that Isaiah speaks about, he was rejected by men. But today, we honor him. Today, we worship him. And today, we continue to declare him as Lord of Lords, as King of Kings. We declare him as our banner, We declare him as our saviour. We declare him as our healer. We declare him as our redeemer. Now, church, Hezekiah got this letter from Saneherib. It was a letter that told him that he was going to be conquered yet again but he did the right thing. Now, King Hezekiah did not believe the report that came from the king that had already destroyed kingdoms, but he chose to believe and accept the report that came from the prophet Isaiah. Let me remind you, there were several reports that came to Hezekiah as he was leading the children of Judah. You see, I promise you, he was probably justified to be concerned and even give the gold and silver to the king of Assyria because this king had annihilated kingdoms. And I promise you, he was within his common sense rights to believe that Sennacherib could defeat him with all his armies. And again, he was probably right to seek counsel from military strategists. And above all, I believe that he was even more right that he took the report or the letter from the Assyrian king to the Lord because that was the only place that he could go to. He needed a report to believe. And at the end of it all, he sent his men to the prophet Isaiah. And at the end of it all again, he chose to believe the report that came from Isaiah, the prophet. Now, my brother, my sister, Day, whatever situation you are in, whatever phase of life you are in today, whose report will you believe? Whose report will you take? The Lord bless you.